Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Yo, what up, TCK Potters? Sky and Lucas with you. Doing a uh, quick hitter tonight. We want to just jump in and recap today's madness from the franchise tags that were announced as well as the free agency talk. Before we get into that, if you are new to the program, please feel free to subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. We much appreciate it. Hit that bell. Hit the like button. Also, make sure to subscribe and follow us anywhere on social media possible instagram fantasy football underscore tck pod on twitter at tck underscore pod and we're also on tiktok at tck pod lucas what's up man today was uh quite a busy afternoon were you able to keep up with everything you know i'm not gonna lie i've kind of like i don't want to say checked out of nfl for like the last month but i've kind of been diving into um, a lot of the, the ncaa with march madness stuff coming up kind of setting up some stuff to start grinding best ball here uh, post-draft. Um, so I, to be honest, I didn't really like, uh, I don't want to say care, I guess, but I wasn't like super deep. I had one of my buddies texting me, kind of giving me updates. So I wasn't uh, putting the uh, Schefter tweet notifications on, but I was keeping up a little bit. Um, I guess I'll, I'll more so be tuned in next week because uh, I kind of felt like a lot of the tags were, um, I want to say expected in a sense or kind of anticipated, but I think it's definitely, we definitely hit the part where um I don't know. I find this honestly a lot more exciting than like the what do we want to call it? The second half of the offseason post draft with um going through rankings, all those things. I just kind of like this part because I think it kind of sets the tone for all that. So definitely in an exciting part. Uh, combining that with March Madness, we didn't have that last year, so I think it'll be an exciting uh, spring here for everybody. Yeah, I, I agree. I tried to I tried to keep up today as as best I could. Uh, following Adam Schefter, obviously, that's a safe bet uh, to keep in tune. Um, but the reality is, man, I mean, it just felt like, you know, between the hours of about – well, I'm West Coast, so three hours. Yeah, yeah. Three hours behind most of the news that drops. But, I mean, between about 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., I feel like every 15, 20 minutes there was something dropping um, in regards to the franchise tags and, of course, then free agency for those players that were not uh, picked up by the franchise tags. So – Lucas and I are going to dive in deeper to this next week as we actually dissect um, free agency overall. As free agents start landing where they're going to be, that is is uh, going to be a more in-depth conversation that we're going to have. But until then, right now we're just kind of doing a quick hitter, rolling over the action that happened today. And um, Bobby and Dweez broke down their final set 
also uh, of the um, they're doing the AFC divisional breakdowns for the coaching changes. Two episodes this week. Make sure to check those out. Of course, this quicker as well. And then Lucas and I will be back with you live next week to get into the free agency. All right, man, we've got a lot to cover. Let's just kind of get in and cruise it here. We'll start with the quarterback position. Now, this happened two days ago, but we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast. Let's dive into Dak Prescott. Resigned a four-year, $160 million deal. Obviously, nice coin for him. $126 million guaranteed. Uh, they moved a lot of things around where they only actually take a $22 million cap hit this year, and then the average is going to be about $40 million, which is second only behind Patrick Mahomes at $45 million average uh, over the um, over the next uh, four years for him. So he's going to be there through his age 31 season, and at the quarterback position, obviously, still plenty in his prime, assuming he stays healthy. Now, let's not forget he's coming back after a compound fracture on his ankle. If you happen to be watching that game against the Giants live, it was quite disgusting. I mean, his leg literally or his ankle and foot dislocated completely. Um, I remember watching that game with the misses, and we literally thought like he just his shoe came off. That's what it looked like. And then we realized it was actually his ankle bone and his cleat was on the other side of his leg, which was just horrendous, unfortunately, for him. So, look, Dak Prescott has been very, very effective over the past three seasons. He's completed 67% of his passes, nearly eight yards per attempt, 61 touchdowns, just 23 interceptions. He's rushed for 12 touchdowns as well. So, obviously, a dual threat. Um quarterback and the Cowboys do have the rest of their big weapons Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke Elliott, Blake Jarwin locked in for the next three to four years but (laughs) they're looking at cap struggles elsewhere as well so do you agree with this move do you think that Dak Prescott comes back healthy and do you think that the Cowboys ultimately do you think this is going to take them to the Super Bowl because look it was it was the plague of Tony Romo's career He was a a good to borderline low-level great quarterback statistically, but had the playoff issues. They have not been to the playoffs significantly since Troy Aikman, have not won a Super Bowl since Troy Aikman, and now Dak Prescott kind of wears that now in Dallas as well. They are loaded on offense, we know that, but can this move over the next three three to four years get them actually over the hump and into a Super Bowl? So, yeah, so last year we both had the take where it was like we want to come out with at least one cowboy, right, in your fantasy drafts. Um, and I was stacking them all over the place because, like, I mean, it made sense, right? This offense is good. And, I mean, they were good in the, the what, four and a half, five games, if you will, that Dak played. I think it might have actually been five and a half, six. Like, yes, the move is right from a sign your quarterback standpoint. And, like, I'm not going to say that I don't think elsewhere. They did a really good job of making this contract work around the current state of the team. But I emphasize the current state of the team with a lot, lot, lot of emphasis. And I think this is the thing that I'm not a big, like, Twitter guy, but, like, made me mad yesterday because, like, people acted like them signing back the quarterback that started the two and three season for them last year, like, made their team better somehow, right? Like, I think this was, like, the the confusion that like I had was like, okay, you signed back the guy that you were two and three with because your defense was so bad. Where, where do you upgrade, right? Like where is this team becoming good? Now they're going in with $4 million in cap space right now. So either, yeah, they can restructure contracts. If you talk to any Cowboys fan on Twitter, they're going to be like, yeah, well, they're going to restructure ABC, sign DEF and draft 
these guys, right? Well, yeah, sure. Like maybe you do that in your Madden franchise, right? Or you do that in your hypothetical mock drafts you do. But like in reality, you maybe get a third of the players you want on your team every year. So like they're sitting at $4 million in cap. From a fantasy fantasy perspective, obviously I'm going to be all in, right? If I was all in last year, nothing changes. Uh, The one thing that kind of scares me is the ADP kind of reflects – um, what it was last year, and now CD Lambs in the Amari Cooper range. So, like, we'll see kind of more so. I mean, it's only March. I'm not going to make any, like, fantasy ADP takes, but I think stacking them is definitely a viable option. I think it definitely gets Zeke back into the um, RB6-7 range, kind of like the not um, <laughs> Danny getting invited. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. Um, but I think the Cowboys fans are making from an overall team perspective to why – they're going to be fine in terms of cap space. It's restructuring contracts, which we maybe get. Uh, I think I've maybe seen four actually worth the money this year. And we probably see maybe 10 a year. There's 32 teams in the league, so we'll see. The second is the salary cap is increasing. And I think this is an interesting take that I view a lot differently than a lot of people. So hypothetically, we're supposed to see a $5 million increase to the cap space, right, for this year. So, all that would do is just take what the cap space is for each team, add $5 million. In a nutshell, yes, every team is getting $5 million more dollars. It's all relevant, you, It's all, yeah, it's all irrelevant. Like if you gave, I mean, I mean I'm not going to like come to political, but the stimulus money, right? If you give everyone X amount of dollars, no one really gains X amount of dollars, right? Because everyone's getting it. It's the same sense of like, if you give every team $5 million dollars, the teams that already have a lot of cap space are now going to throw more money because they have more money than the Cowboys at the players the Cowboys want, right? Whereas teams like the Cowboys that are already super low, they can go from maybe offering insert player you want them to offer four mil to nine mil. But a team like, I don't know, the Jets who need a lot of defensive players already have $72 million. Now they have 77. They're just going to offer 10, $11 million a year, right? So they're going to be able they're, – they're, the $5 million actually creates a higher advantage for the people higher up in the cap space total. So that being said, the Cowboys offense is going to be really good, yes. But we saw last year in that five-game stretch with Dak that, yes, they played good teams in that stretch, but they're, they lost they, they got, they lost to a shootout to the Browns, the Falcons. Um, actually, they, they came back and won against the Falcons on an onside kick. They lost to the Rams and the Seahawks. So sure, you can make the argument those are three playoff teams. But one team was in the AFC that was very front-loaded, and the other two clearly did not show in the playoffs they were worth being in the playoffs, besides the Rams carried by a defense. So I think it was a little bit of a setback um, in terms of what would be the word, like increasing expectations that nothing that changed, right? This, is, this should have been the first thing that happened for the Cowboys last offseason, and it wasn't. So they're really back to square one now with less cap space. And – honestly a worse defense than they were last year hypothetically so i think fantasy perspective buying on the cowboys but from an overall perspective um i'm still optimistic i guess or like less than optimistic on what's going to happen because they are just so cash strapped um coming in at 22nd um they're the only they're the the lowest team above positive money left in the nfl so we'll see kind of what they can do in redraft leagues is dak a top five quarterback for you right now um, I would go Mahomes. I'm still all in on Lamar, um, and I'll do more research around that. Josh Allen, I guess as of now, yes, because I can't rank Watson ahead of him because um, we don't know where he's going to be playing. I think he's ahead of Watson if Watson stays, but hypothetically if Watson goes to 
Uh, Niners, Broncos, Panthers. I think I would rank Watson ahead of them. How about uh, Russell so yeah. Tyler? Um, no, I think Dak would be ahead of him because I think the rust thing is concerning. Obviously, landing spot dependent, but even if he stays, and then Kyler, um, I think we saw a huge decline in his passing game last year. That is concerning. I know the shoulder issue was a thing, but like it's not like that's going to magically disappear. Um, and I think I had Dak as my QB three last year in his own tier below Lamar and Mahomes and above the rest of the guys. So he might just he probably is going to honestly slide down below Josh Allen and possibly Watson um, compared to where, wherever Watson goes. Okay. Let's talk about a couple other uh, free agents uh, to be and some other quarterbacks to kind of keep an eye on. Not a lot of sexy names here, but we're going to break down each position here. So let's go through the quarterbacks quickly. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of free agents to be at the quarterback position, but the most prominent and the guys that are most likely to land somewhere that may be fantasy relevant, Jameis Winston, ideally taking over the Saints position. We'll see if Breeze even actually retires. Um, I have been, you know, talking about for the last week um, on the Ryan D. Leaf show, I've been talking about the fact that I personally don't think that he's going to retire. I don't really want to get into that on this podcast. It's it's quite a a lengthy take. But the reality is, like, if he was going to, I think he would have already. I'll just put it out there. He's got plenty of money, so why not take a huge pay cut, get another couple pieces around him, and stick around and try it one more time? Um, that's just my take. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. So Jameis Winston there, uh, still in New Orleans as of now, but he could leave if he doesn't take over that position. Mitch Trubisky still in Chicago, but could also move out if they bring in a bigger gun like a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson, which I think is unlikely at this point, but it could still happen. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has talks about retiring, but if he doesn't, you know he's going to land a spot and at least compete for a job. And Cam Newton, who is really interesting because he played – absolutely dominant for about two or three weeks to start the season, but running the football. He had 11 rushing touchdowns, which is unbelievable for any player, especially a quarterback, obviously. Uh, But he just couldn't throw the ball. We've seen that for a couple of years since his 2015 MVP season. Um, So I, you know, I'm not even sure that he's going to get a starting position. He was on Brandon Marshall's show recently and, and basically was like, look, I have to get one of the best uh, 32 starting quarterbacks. Like I'm as good as as at least the worst guy. And apples to apples, I would agree. If I really broke it down and took all the starters on paper, I'm probably going to rank them over two or three guys. But for um, longevity for a team to actually commit into him to be the starter, because I don't know that Cam's ego is going to let him sit on the bench and wait or compete for a, a turn like Ryan Fitzpatrick is able to do. Um that's going to be concerning. Obviously, if he signs in a better position, it could be good for fantasy as a runner only, but basically only in super flex at this point because I do not want him as my single quarterback. Another couple names way deep in the in the chart that might have another opportunity if, if the chips fall, Alex Smith and uh, Andy Dalton. So we don't need to break these down too in-depth. Again, Lucas, we're going to dive into all this stuff in the next couple of weeks, but quickly on those names, Winston, Trubisky, Fitzpatrick, Newton, Alex Smith, and Andy Dalton. Anybody jump off the page of like you're actually – uh, you know, kind of paying attention, like what is going to happen with somebody? I know that you are kind of the house Trubisky fan. Yeah, I think the Trubisky thing is interesting because, um, I mean, well, one, Dwayne's been kind of pumping in with, like, I'm not going to call them stats. But, I mean, they, they're stats, but, like, it's the facts, right? Like, there's this there's the preconceived notion that, like, because Mahomes and Watson went behind Trubisky, Trubisky sucks, sucks like, like, 
listen, he went to the playoffs. He got a playoff win, right? Like he, he, yes, he got benched because he was thrown in a fire pit with a coach that was on a short leash, right? He wasn't, he wasn't in a spot where the coach could take a couple of losses. Like he had to make a move. And I guess like, I don't know what I'm missing when I watch these games, but like when he plays, this offense is good, right? The Bears offense is good because he's a playmaker, right? He just needs people around him. So I think Trubisky's one to watch. Um, obviously, Winston, I'm a big Winston guy. Um, the whole Breeze thing, I mean, honestly, they're already paying Breeze. They took a restructure, so why not him come back, right, if they can get some pieces around him? Uh, they're going to have Troutman over Jared Cook, which I think is an upgrade. I think they're going to attack a receiver in the draft, and they can go Sanders, another receiver, Michael Thomas with Kamara back with Taysom Hill. I think there's enough um, – convincing power to get Breeze back. So uh, I don't even know if it's saying, like, go get Breeze in a dynasty league. But, like, honestly, like, I'm probably not going to hurt you, right? Um, but Winston's a good one to watch. Fitzpatrick, I think, is one that I've been growing. Um, the idea of him coming to the Broncos, I think that's an idea that – I like I that, think actually. Gunslinger, why not? Yeah. I mean I, – I think, I think the Broncos are at a point where it's – is the offense bad? Is Drew Locke bad? Is no one bad? They just haven't been playing together. And I think the way to bridge that is, is like, listen, get a guy that can just throw the ball and you'll figure out what, what, what the answer is, right? So I kind of like that idea. I mean, if he goes there, you wouldn't – he'd be a one-year dynasty rental, maybe a sleeper uh, in fantasy, but not, nothing more than that. And, yeah, the Cam Newton thing's interesting because, like, I don't want to say the Patriots weren't a good fit for him because, like, they kind of were. But, like, I don't know what team's a good fit for him. So, it'll be a trend to interesting. Thing. Yeah, but, like, they don't really – I don't know. Like, they have Antonio Gibson, McKissick. Like, sure, I guess. I don't know. I think the the thing with him is, like, when he signs somewhere, at least from what I view, is he's going to sign somewhere to probably play significant snaps. Um Whereas, like, Fitzpatrick might come into the Broncos and like, be like, all right, listen, like, what happened last year, right? Like, Tua is here. You might start week one. Tua will play. Drew Locke will play, hypothetically. But you're on the backup. You're, you're in your – he came in and won the Raiders game, right? And then got benched the next week. So, like, there's kind of like that, like, pullback with Fitzpatrick that I don't think is there yet with Cam Newton just due to – Cam Newton still has some – leadership if you will in the tank um but i think those are the four guys smith and dalton yeah i mean i think they're kind of in similar roles to their kind of career yeah so just kind of i think i think trubisky and fitzpatrick are probably the two uh that i would kind of like if you're trying to make moves in dynasty league trying to do best balls trying to gain some uh edge on adp compost um the two guys i'd be attacking right now and Jameis, obviously, if if Drew, yeah, uh, if Drew retires, or look, if you have Drew Brees somehow on a dynasty team, obviously he's not sexy in dynasty anymore. But if you still have him, just because you've had him for years or whatever, um, just go get Jameis. Uh, he's cheap right now because he doesn't have a job currently. Uh, but you have that rare quarterback handcuff, uh, if you will. Okay, man, let's jump into the running backs here. A lot of running backs to cover. Again, we don't need to go in depth on all of these guys. But the top names in the build, these are players that did not get the franchise tag. Therefore, they will be hitting free agency as the league year opens. Next week on the 17th, they are as follows. Aaron Jones, 26 years old. Chris Carson, 26 as well. Leonard Fournette, also 26. Kenyon Drake, 27. Le'Veon Bell, still under 30, but he certainly looked old the last couple of years. 29. James Conner, 25. Mark Ingram, 31. Todd Gurley, 26. James White, 29, 
And then we have a couple wild cards here, Marlon Mack, uh, Jarek McKinnon, who people still want to believe in, Mike Davis, Carlos Hyde, uh, Wayne Gallman, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Adrian Peterson, yada, yada, yada. So let's talk about Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, playoff Lenny, uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I guess, but uh, James Conner, Todd Gurley, and James White. I think those are like the realistic. They will land somewhere and most likely be a fantasy rosterable minimum. Yeah, I mean, I think this was kind of eye-opening to me. Like, I think the league is finally buying into, like, why the hell do you pay running backs? Because the track record is bad, right? Like, it's like, why do people think the Jets are going to be good? Because the track record is bad, right? Um, I – the problem I have with, like, trying to make um, – what would be the word? I guess, like, assumptions from this is, like, there's a clear tear break between Aaron Jones and everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. But if that tear break is existent, why didn't he get tagged or mentioned about a contract, right? Like it was straight up like we're not tagging him. The same with Carson, same with Fournette, same with Drake. And I feel like the Packers are a very transparent franchise in what they do where like I feel like something's missing there. Um, so, I, I mean, for one, this creates a ton of openings, right, in these offenses. Um, I'm Packers, for one. They have A.J. Dillon, but maybe he's the guy. I don't know. But Jamal Williams is also a free agent. Uh, Chris Carson, the Seattle's wide open. I don't know who's going to go there. The Bucks are hypothetically open if you can get a more pass-catching, elusive back. The Cardinals are wide open. The Steelers are wide open. Um, I want to say that the Falcons are wide open. The Patriots are honestly kind of wide open. Uh, Niners hypothetically are wide open, right? Like, there's, there's a lot of teams that Broncos, um, even man. I mean, Philip Lindsay's a free yeah. agent, and we know that Royce Freeman's not going to get the shot. And Melvin Gordon, we'll see what happens. So, they could use another body as well. Pittsburgh, and yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of options. So, there's like kind of my advice have been around running backs and sort of dynasty leagues is you're never going to have the perfect window. I think that's a thing that people try to act like there's like timing of trading and trade value and like like that's non-existent right because like it's a it's a you can't measure trade value so why are we going to act like we can predict when 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 trade value is high or low right because something could like Mahomes could get traded tomorrow right you know I mean obviously it's not going to happen but like something could, this crazy could happen like Antonio Brown could come out of jail back to the Buccaneers right like these things are crazy that could happen and this dynasty value just goes all over the place um so what my advice for running backs is like, if you, if you want Aaron Jones or you want A.J. Dillon or, like, you want these guys, go get him now. Go sell him now. Because the value you have right now is the most certain you're going to be on their value. Speculative to post-free agency when it could go higher, sure. But it could go through the like, – way lower. It could go down to zero, right? So you need to just go make these moves now because, in the end, 50% is better than 0%, 100% of the time. And that that's like the take with the zero RB strategy, right? It's taking the volume on receivers is 100% better, even if it's only hitting 50% of the time, right? Because if you're playing a lot of leagues, if you're playing, if you have a deep dynasty roster, like if you're getting continuously 50%, 50%, 50%, you're not taking zeros where your teammate is taking 100%, three zeros, 150 is more than 100%, right? Like these are just random numbers thrown out, but like that's the way to look at it. So one of these guys will be on Seattle. One of these guys will be on the Falcons. Hypothetically, one of these guys will be on the Packers. Probably, I would think Jones, but we'll see. Um, I don't know where this puts him for for even, I mean, redraft value because these aren't guys that we loved in redraft anyways. And now the 
Mitch of them kind of just makes it through, kind of go down. Um, but I think from a draft perspective, this like quietly opens up the door for a lot of first round running backs. Um, but something that I was kind of like uh, negligent to prior to uh, today, um, Falcons, they're not going to draft a first round, but they might go early second. Uh, Steelers, Packers, Bucks might at the end of round one, third pick 32. Um, trying to think of other teams. Cardinals could. They're in a perfect spot to grab ETN if they really want him. So I think it'll be interesting because I think we always kind of hype up the don't pay running backs, but like we finally saw, we finally saw that right this year. And I think people like aren't realizing that as much as like I think I took away from the non tags on any, like literally any of the running backs. I don't even one got the tag. So. Yeah, absolutely. That was the biggest surprise is that no running backs got a franchise tag. Um, last year was Derrick Henry, uh, and um, I can't think of another one off top, but Derrick Henry for sure, and that changes significantly with their with their uh, contract talks. So that was surprising. But look, man, you've been saying on this podcast for three years that you shouldn't pay running backs, and you know I don't think you and I are in the full camp of like the fun Twitter saying, which is like running backs don't matter because that's bullshit. Um, yeah. But I know what people mean by that, that like most guys are replaceable. Yeah. However, they do matter, obviously. A good running back change or a good running scheme or something changes your entire team. Um, but uh, as far as paying the running back, I get it. And um, a lot of times it doesn't make sense if you don't have a, a, uh, a completely um, – trend setting back like a Derrick Henry, like a Christian McCaffrey, a Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, somebody up at the top top that can literally change a game by himself. Um, like, look, we've seen Zeke Elliott, like used to do it, doesn't anymore. Saquon's been hurt for two years. You know, we have a lot of these guys like Joe Mixon hasn't been that guy. Kenyon Drake didn't become that guy. Josh Jacobs isn't that guy. Miles Sanders hasn't been that guy yet. Austin Eckler hurt last year, but dynamic, but hasn't been that guy. There's a lot of running backs that we want to be that top echelon dude, and they just frankly haven't been. And we have evidence of a guy like Todd Gurley, um, uh, Le'Veon Bell, who were literally the number one running back in fantasy football and, frankly, top in the NFL just two, three, four, five years ago. And they're basically irrelevant in NFL terms and certainly in fantasy as well. So the team's got to be careful with that. Okay, man, let's jump into the wide receivers here as well. So this is where things get a little spicy. We did have a couple franchise tags for wide receivers. So Allen Robinson did receive the franchise tag from Chicago, which is nobody is excited about this, including him. 27 years old, projects to get about $18 million. Um, I mean, he, he he caught a career-high 121 passes last year despite the bad quarterback play. So the dude himself is a fucking animal. We all know that Allen Robinson would be a top-five wide receiver if he had a top-20 quarterback, uh, but he hasn't yet in his um, career. So Allen Robinson will remain in Chicago. He is not going to hit free agency. Kenny Galladay uh, also um, – uh, will be hitting free agency. Excuse me, I, I skipped over one. Chris Godwin was uh, going to get the fr franchise tag as well from Tampa Bay. They bring him back. We saw this like in the Super Bowl parade. Bruce Arians kind of yelled across the stage into the mic like, you know, your ass isn't going anywhere. Sure enough, uh, Brady spoke up loud enough and Mike Evans took a pay cut and they bring in Chris Godwin looking to run it back in 2021 for the repeat. 
Chris Godwin's still 24 years old. Hopefully he will get paid for himself next year after a big season. $16.5 million. Um, and, again, I mean, he's he's very effective when he's getting the ball. We saw Mike Evans, Evans kind of start lackluster to start the season but went nuclear in the second half of the season. Um, so we definitely want to see um, both these receivers make it happen. But Chris Godwin's going to be, uh, I think, the most interesting in that scheme, Larry Fitzgerald role with Bruce Arians, yada, yada. So before we get into the free agencies, let's talk about the two franchise tag players, Allen Robinson with the Bears and Chris Godwin with the Bucks. Yeah, I think the, the, the A-Rob to the Bears, like to me that this signals they're going to upgrade a quarterback, right? Like, they, have, I think- they have to. He, he is – foaming at the mouth right now unless yeah, no legit unless, yeah like unless there was a conversation behind closed doors which happens all the time because guys like us just fucking hear it from three four fifth party right so there's conversations happening in chicago i hope that is look alan we gotta lock you in first bro but we are going to at least bring in competition for trubisky and hopefully something – now, look, if it's Watson or Wilson, obviously that's the jackpot. But they've either said, look, we're going to trade up and get a quarterback or we're going to bring in somebody um, with your influence, just new blood in general in the building. We're going to get rid of fucking Foles, bunk ass, and we're not going to make you have to rely on Mitch Trubisky, although they have been successful overall, not to not allowing mm-hmm. uh, not allowing Allen Robinson to hit his ceiling yet. So I have to believe because this deal was made and he has been so vocal about not wanting to play for subpar bullshit anymore, there has to be something in the works that will be brewing in the next week or two when free agency opens up. Yeah, like I think I think to me what this opens up is Trubisky comes back and they get another big-name playmaker or – a-Rob comes back. I know they franchise tag him into some people that might be like, well, they gave him more money than they probably would have um, given him if they were just given him a normal contract, right? Like, yes, but I think they're – if the plan is to go get Russell Wilson, which hypothetically that's what I think they're going to do, there's got to be some type of money. Like, they, they had this preconceived notion of the money they need going in. Uh, they're sitting negative in cap space right now, but they'll have a couple cuts and they'll match up the contract with Russell Wilson. I mean – but the, when it comes to fantasy, like if you are trying to move A Rob's fantasy value up and down, like you don't understand the concept of his fantasy value in the first place, like it's kind of what it is. Like he's he's going to be the wide receiver six to eight every year, unless he falls into the right end of touchdown variance, even with Russ. Like I'm saying they trade for Russell Wilson right now, like he's not going higher than my wide receiver six just because like you can only get so many targets, right? You can fall into the right side of touchdown variance. We can't predict that. So he's right around the wide receiver six. I think they're going to go get a quarterback like Russ. I think, they, or I think they bring back Trubisky and they target a Rashad Bateman. Um, sounds like Elijah Moore, Tony Rondell Moore, kind of in that range of receivers. Or they trade back and just try and accumulate picks um, hypothetically. So that's kind of my take on the Bears. And I, I kind of hope because um, I like Maggie from like an offensive building perspective, and I like a Rob. I like Trubisky. Just kind of think they kind of catch the wrong side of like. Um, theory around like building a football team i think they kind of are they're like they're they're building hypothetically like the colts kind of build but they just like are missing a couple pieces where people don't put two and two together um so i think they're they're getting there they're getting this is this is a move in the right direction and chris godwin yeah i I was pretty big on the bucks are just going to run it back uh with the exact team they had i think that's going to entail getting a b back and then i think honestly we didn't talk about james white i think that's where james white's going to end Totally. Um, and, and finish finish his career with Brady one more year. Uh, so, 
So I was, yeah. I was, and I don't mean to cut you off, but while you bring up James, I was going to bring that up too, uh, and we just skipped over it. But um, Leonard Fournette's a free agent, right? So they're not mm-hmm. bringing him back, uh, most likely. So you have Ronald Jones, who played well when he was healthy, but we know that over the last three years, he's kind of had the doghouse situation a fumble, a missed block, a drop pass, and he just fucking gets sat. That's just how it is. Uber talented, yeah. but on a short leash. Then you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who honestly was like getting the hype last year of the next James White, if you will. Um, he battled injuries, rookie situation, and of course he got just bulldozed by uh, uh, Rojo and, and Leonard Fournette, so he didn't really get the opportunity. Um, do you think they would run like a three-head monster and essentially be like Ronald Jones early downs, I would imagine, and then James White as the third down back, obviously Tom Brady and he have 10 years of experience and then have like Keyshawn Vaughn in the mix as well. Uh, I also agree that James White would go there. It just makes sense. It's the Brady effect. We saw everybody else go down there. Um, your boy Edelman will probably come out of retirement once he's yeah. back to back health and head down there too. But I think that makes the most sense. Um, if that happens, that's almost that same kind of conversation that we used to have with Edelman and James White a couple of years ago when they were both healthy and and PPR machines, both of them respectively. Is there going to be enough on the bone for Godwin to get, you know, 120 plus targets and hopefully, you know, 80, 90 receptions in PPR? And then James White to also get James White numbers being you know, that typical third third down back. Do you think that if James White goes down there, another trusty source for Tom Brady, uh, that Godwin would lose out at all? Or is it is this one of those, like, we believe in you, you're the guy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about Edelman per se. Um, I, mean, well, I, don't think Edelman, I don't think Edelman's going to go there. That was kind of a tongue-in-cheek. I was more saying the, the comparison between Edelman being that slot guy that Chris Godwin is for Brady and, oh, James, yeah. and James White coming out of the backfield. Uh, the, the comment of Edelman down to Tampa Bay was kind of tongue in cheek, but um, it's more the the comparison of Godwin being the Edelman for the offense and James White out of the backfield if he, if he were to go down there. Yeah, I mean, I think the primary reason they signed Fournette was one value of money and third down back role. It just happened that um, Fournette hit stride right as he needed to in the playoffs. Um, I mean, they could sign him back, sure, but I think really well. More- he played yeah. really well, and he's still young, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, like he he uh, he got it down. Let me check this really quick. Take two seconds. 20, 20, 26. So yeah, he's, so he's 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 younger. He's as young as Aaron Jones, and he feels older than Aaron Jones and, and Chris Carson. He's the same age. He feels older than Kenyon Drake. Drake's a year older than him. Uh, you know, and just and Todd Gurley's the same age. It just he feels older than I think. Um, than he is just because of his wear and tear in Jacksonville. Yeah, and according to fantasy football Twitter, he sucks because of volume on the Jaguars. I guess that was the take from like last year. Well, he, he scored has- three touchdowns and pissed everyone off, and that's when yeah, he became yeah. bad. And people didn't realize that like the team is fucking horrible. And I don't I mean, there's so many rabbit holes, man. James Robinson, I think, needs to get more credit strictly because of this conversation with Leonard Fournette. He had the same terrible offense and did more with it. And I know everyone's scared for the repeat, so am I. But to fully fade the man, I think is is bogus. Yeah. But anyway, it's it is kind of funny how that works, though. Like when Fournette gets those numbers, he sucks because he's the fifth the fifth overall pick. But like when Robinson does the same thing on a worse team, or honestly on a better team, actually probably like he, he's pretty good though because he was undrafted. So like it's just very subjective thinking. Um, no, Fournette is good. Like I don't. 
if you went to the Broncos right now, like I wouldn't be opposed, right? We signed Gordon for four million or five million dollars a year or something stupid. Like if we got Fournette for that, sure. How about him sense. in Atlanta? Yeah, like it's and people would fade him because because bad volume. But those are the people that also drafted like uh, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, um, more names here that I can think of. They drafted oh they faded David Montgomery for DeAndre Swift because bad volume, right? Like they don't like fantasy points; they like upside. That's just how fantasy works. But besides the point, uh, receivers. Yeah, I mean I think James White. It makes sense for him to go there, right? Uh, they're running back the team. Brady's going to retire after he probably wins it again this year. Um, they have to play in the weak NFC. Uh, the NFC really got worse. Um, I didn't really get much better. So I think it's kind of at a point where it makes sense for them to go there. Um, but in terms of these other receivers, I think this is where it creates a lot of – Why don't you rattle, rattle them off real quick, just the yeah. maybe the top uh, six or seven. Yeah, so we got Juju is the big one, Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, T.Y., uh, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Aguilar, Sammy Watkins, A.B. I consider those kind of – those are like, I guess, two tiers, if you will, maybe maybe three. So I, I put Juju in his own tier because I don't get why people think he sucks. I think I – mean, he's 24, right? Like, this is the Fournette thing. Like, the man is 24 years old <laughs> at the next time. No, Nick, I can't do that because – that's what I do on Twitter. Um, Notorious. We need we need the shout out, bro. We're 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 sitting here with with you know we need the view count up, and you're the you're the uh, you're the YouTube god, bro. Uh, you know, help us out. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let me pull up just Juju's numbers. Okay. Let's see. So I'm seeing a lot of like people are ranking like the current rookies, not even on a team, like in the rankings right now, like ahead of Juju in their dynasty rankings. Okay. So Juju's numbers, let's go by a per-game basis because injuries, whatever happened. So he averages 64 yards a game in his career, 0.45 touchdowns, 12 yards per reception, and seven targets a game. And somewhere Solid. along the line, he sucks, I guess. I I don't know what I missed last year. Obviously, he had a down year. Sure. It's the all expectation. Team, bro. You know how yeah. it is. It's expectation. It's, it's that A.B. leaves. He's going to be the new A.B., what he did two years ago, like – we put people in our mindset. That's why you and I and Bobby and Dwayne and our, our brand here, we, we stress so heavily not to um, big up Notorious. Shouts out Notorious Fantasy. Go subscribe. Follow. Hit the bell. You all know what to do. Big up, Nick. Um, we stress so much not to set expectations for players without being able to be run an audible because you do this. Like Juju is supposed to be – this good because a B left and blah, blah, blah. And if he's not, he's still, you know, a top wide receiver, but because he isn't weekly or blown the fucking doors off again, we, we shun these players and that's just not, that's not cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, sure. He had a down year comparative <laughs> to ADP. Yes. I drafted him. Like he wasn't why I lost my leagues, right? He had 831 yards and nine, nine touchdowns when he was sharing the field with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool and James Washington and Ebron. Ebron had a really good year too. Like, what do you, expecting to do right he's 24 years old like so if you're in a dynasty league right now i mean if you can give the 108 or 109 108 through 112 for juju like do it right like and it's it's because we see justin jefferson last year right breaking rookie records like sure one in every x amount of years post merger since we catch stats like this is gonna happen but you're going to tell me you'd rather have, I don't know, Jamar Chase at age 22 in a nutshell over a guy that has three years – no, wait, sorry. Three. Uh, four, four years oh, of four NFL four. experience at two years older 
and going to be going to a team that's going to pay him the bag than a team that's going to draft him, probably a bad team in Jamar Chase, honestly, in the NFL. Like, this doesn't make sense where, like, where this discrepancy is of, like, where he went bad. I, I mean, sure, yeah, he did TikTok dances on the midfield logo, and then they lost, like, the football team, the Bengals almost lost to. Like, sure. Okay, but what do you expect to happen when we feed this, like, social media, like, stuff into these guys, right? That's just what happens. Like, so, Juju's the one that, like, I mean, if I'm picking a destination, I want it to be the Colts because – I mean, it would make them really good, right? Like, I think I think Wentz is going to be fine. Juju would be good there. But no matter where he goes, like, I don't think it messes with his value because, like, I mean, we saw his value was just, like, in a sense, a target hog, but, like, he's just a playmaker, right? Like, it's not like it really affected him. The Raiders have been thrown out. Um, Patriots, I think, are an option. Lots of teams. But I think that's the one that, like, if you're going in Dynasty Leagues right now, like, go get him now because his value is going to rise back to what it should be. Um, hypothetically post-signing. Uh, Will Fuller, This one, that one's actually a little shocking to me that he didn't get tagged. I kind of figured he would get tagged in an attempt to tag and trade based off the Watson decision because, to me, them not tagging him makes me think he's gone. But, like, it's kind of weird because I can't think of a team that he would actually sign with. Um, I don't – I don't. yeah, I don't know. Green, I don't know where – Green. I mean, Green Bay, he and Green Bay – I think for the last two trade deadlines, definitely last year, this year, 2020, um, they basically were about to make it happen and just frankly mm. didn't. So they make the most sense. A team like – I mean, it's not Shanahan's scheme, but a team like the 49ers who do not have a true burner deep threat because my boy Jalen Hurd, who I think is the best wide receiver on the team, can't stay healthy, unfortunately. But a team like that, honestly, it's not a sexy pick, but um, – the new, both New York teams could use yeah him. I mean a burner. I mean like look, Darius Slayton's awesome. Denzel Mims. We'll see what happens, but they both just need a streaker. And look, we know that that Will Fuller is very good at what he does. He's not Deshaun Watson, no, or Deshaun Jackson. Nobody quite is is to that stratosphere, but he is the next level right down if he can stay healthy. Right, we saw him be absolutely dominant before he got kicked out for PEDs. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I think I think he's a. I think he's a great catch, and I, I do see him. I mean, look, the fucking Raiders could grab him too, which would be terrible potentially unless they just like car try to throw bombs all day. But, you know, another couple great ones that I think are kind of sleepers here because they haven't been sexy over the last couple of years. Like everyone knows Juju. Everyone knows Will Fuller. Everyone knows T.Y. Hilton and, and A.J. Green over the years. But Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel I think are the two like free Dynasty League nuggets right now. Like Juju's going to cost you because even if people are upset, it's like, yeah, but he's 24 and like we've seen him do it before. And if he lands with the Packers or the the anybody else that's really good, like there's that upside. Will Fuller, again, we know the upside there. Corey Davis has been like a bleh, right? Like like yeah. spare me for, for five years and never hit it in Tennessee. And then you have Curtis Samuel who is a hybrid running back who is not, you know, your typical wide receiver anyway, but did really well last year. And I think in a scheme like the 49ers or like Washington that likes to, you know, the the Rams even um, that like to get their uh, wide receivers out in space or bubble screens, uh, you know, jet sweeps, things like that. Um, Putting him in Kansas city or something to be another weapon out there. um, I think would just be phenomenal for both those players because I believe in the athlete 
personally, and a lot of dynasty decisions, which you and I are going to get into in the next couple of weeks, dynasty, when you say go get Juju right now before he lands, go get Corey Davis, go get, you know, these guys, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller. It's easy to say that. The reality is, though, you have to think of like, do you trust the player individually where no matter where they land, you're willing to trust them? That's what it comes down to for me in Dynasty. Because here's the reality. Mm-hmm. If Juju lands in fucking Detroit or something, like I'm not stoked on that. Like I don't want that situation. So am I willing to go get him with the chance that that happens? Probably not. But like a Corey Davis or you know Will Fuller, like they have, I think, the personal upside to make it happen. So even if they land in like a Baltimore – where Lamar is not going to light up the scoreboard with them. We know that they could have big play potential and they should have multiple opportunities to score. So just be careful if you're going out to farm your players. So quick thoughts on uh, Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel. We'll get going. No, I mean, I think Davis proved last year, like why I think he's a top 30 receiver in terms of normal receiver, NFL receiver in the league. Like he just kind of, the, the offense just needed to transition into the offense that produced him. And to me, it's kind of weird they don't want him back. I don't think they have like they're kind of worried about other issues on the team, which 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 is viable. But I think to your point of like, if Juju goes to Detroit, like why would you trade for him, right? And I think that's where you can gain the edge in your dynasty leagues because hypothetically, like you're going to give what the 108 for Juju, right? Maybe 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 you have to give the 106, right? So maybe you have to give up Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, like. And I, I get the trade, like, philosophy behind that. But, like, Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith, like, aren't dropping past, what, the Giants at worst in the NFL draft. Like, so would you rather have an experienced receiver on at worst going to the Giants or would you rather have a rookie receiver with Daniel Jones, with whoever the hell is throwing the ball for the Eagles, with whoever the hell is throwing the ball for the Lions – on that capital, that means they have to try and get them the ball, like, and if they don't perform, like, all these things happen. So, like, that's kind of my viewpoint. And I, we could honestly, we could probably turn it into an episode. I have a league where I have, a, I have 10 of the 12 first round picks in one of these drafts. And I don't, like, I added my buddy as a co owner because I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. Right. Like, and I have all these offers already. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I can completely turn this team into, into a contender just because people. Yeah, people over people. There's always like everyone's like, don't trade your picks until the draft. Like, sure, people overvalue the picks all year. Like, it's a thing that like they think that everyone's gonna hit on Justin Jefferson. They think everyone's gonna hit on Cam Maker, not Cam Makers. I'm spitballing here. Jonathan Taylor. Like, sure, but in the long run of it, like Jonathan Taylor was good for what three weeks. Cam Makers was good for uh, two playoff games. That I mean, if anyone's counting, those don't exist in the fantasy league. Like, so he was not good in the fantasy league. Um, so this is kind of more – we'll talk about it more next week um, when the, all these players do officially sign. I feel like there's a lot, lot of edge to be gained right now and even post-draft because I think people overvalue a lot of different things going into it. A couple other names to keep an eye on that may fly under the radar. Um, Marvin Jones, my man, always undervalued. He still has it in the tank. We saw him take over that number one role with the beat-up Lions when Galladay went down last year just fine. He'd be a great guy uh, to land somewhere competent like Green Bay or something like that. So keep an eye on Marvin Jones. Again, probably free in Dynasty. Nelson Aguilar had a nice resurgence with the Raiders last year. Keep an eye on him. And then, of course, we have Antonio Brown. 
my boy Josh Reynolds for the Rams that never got a chance. <clears throat> Richard Higgins, uh, potentially John Ross if he stays healthy uh, as well. Okay, man, let's jump into the tight ends really quickly and we'll get out of here. Free agent tight ends. Hunter Henry of the Chargers, 26 years old. Rob Gronkowski of the Bucks. I have to imagine that he's coming back with Brady at 31, so don't consider him an actual free agent. Jonu Smith, though, uh, is going to be a free agent. I think that's a great pickup there, 25 years old. And Gerald Everett, who's your man? You've been repping Gerald Everett for a couple seasons here. Uh, the other tight end outside of uh, Tyler Higby with the Rams. A couple of the names. Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Trey Burton, um, and then some older guys as well. So let's talk about uh, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and Gerald Everett's possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think I was kind of shocked that um, all three of those guys, like I figured one of them would kind of come back. I mean, we'll start off with – honestly, we'll start off with the bigger one, Kyle Rudolph leaving, and people are probably like, sure. what is he trying to talk about? But, I mean, I think it's um, – Big Irv. Yeah, I think it brings to the point where if you listen to – Oh gosh, what would it have been? Two two weeks ago, whenever me and Dwayne were on talking about uh, the tight end recap, the tight end recap, we were referencing some guys that like go by. I mean, sure, go by now, but guys that like I think didn't really come across as like uh, potential. Uh, what would be the word? Think think about players, right? And but here we are, two weeks later, right? Irv Smith last year he played thirteen games or fourteen games. Six of them, he was a wide, a tight end one, a top 12 tight end. The other six, he was outside of the top 24, and the other two had zero points, right? So, like, we know the talent is there when he gets the production. Um, I mean, now he's going to get the production, but, like, I think people are going to – I might make the take and people might make the take that, like, it's too late now because the ADP rises with it. Um, but we'll, we'll wait a while before that even happens to, like, because I think when it comes to a guy like that, you want to look at the overall ADP and not the ADP within the tight end. I think that's a little bit of a different conversation. But that's a big news. Um, if Irv Smith does deploy that sort of um, third in – or fourth in, like, targets role on the Vikings, I think that's a very valuable role, even though they do run the ball a lot. But we say, we've seen that the, the targets are very efficient. Um, Justin Jefferson last year, Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Um, I mean, honestly, Kyle Rudolph, they were the, those were efficient red zone targets when he was getting them. Um, so that's another one. And I guess another one too, Jared Cook, um, Adam Tra Adam Troutman should should retain tight end one duties. He was a guy that I mean, if you want to watch college tape and get your mind blown, that's the one guy you want to watch college tape and get your mind blown. Um, I don't I don't watch much tape, if any, but it's literally like playing Madden, what he was doing to the, the division two kids at Dayton, uh would have been two years ago. So go watch that. If you want Adam Troutman perspective, but yeah, the main guys Henry Smith and Everett. Um, I I kind of want to make the take that they're going to do some weird like interchanging tight end swap with these guys that like same, same teams. Yeah, just, because like, carousel. Yeah. I mean, like in name teams that need tight ends, right? And this is the conversation me and Dwayne had was like, well, why wouldn't Everett and Smith get tagged? Because like I don't see where. Uh, I mean, Pitts is coming in, right? He's a top 10 pick. Okay, outside of Pitts, like, I'd rather have these three guys, right? Like, so, like, it's kind of, like, I'm confused where the market kind of sits for these guys because, like, I mean, we could go through and rattle off every team that doesn't need a tight end, but, like, teams don't need tight ends, right, except for the teams that just lost their tight ends, right? So it's kind of, like, in a weird spot where, I mean, the Jaguars are one that Dwayne is kind of hyping on, but like outside of that, like uh, Patriots, maybe I guess. Like I don't, I don't freaking know where these guys are going. So it's kind of a weird spot. Um, going to be going use, into this week. 
if they use them, I heard um, uh, the CBS podcast. Um, I think I had a good take on like the the New England situation. After a while, we need to stop saying we can't wait for the next New England tight end. Correct. Uh, because it's not a New England tight end thing. Rob Gronkowski was a fucking machine. That's yeah. the difference. Um, so you look at a team and be like, oh, man, well, this guy was really, really good. Okay, was that guy really good or was the system good for him? Like, so you need to be kind of careful with that. I I, I agree, you know, because sometimes, I mean, look, we saw – I got to give Bobby uh, uh, a shout-out every single time this comes up, and he, he always blushes because I fucking, you know, call him out on this like every three podcasts, but – I'm. I was shocked last year that he brought up Logan Thomas. He and I did one of our first episodes together. Was tight end rankings wasn't sexy. It's tight ends. We all know it's kind of boring. Whatever. And we had like our top 18, 24 tight ends. I didn't even fucking know Logan Thomas was in the league anymore. And Bobby had him at like whatever tight end one, like twelve or something. And I was like, what the fuck are you thinking? And it was really simple. Ron Rivera's coming over to Washington. Ron Rivera basically had Greg Olson be a dominant top three fantasy tight end for a decade. That's a system. So let's just do it over here. Sure enough, Logan Thomas dusts off the cleats. What well, used to be a quarterback, used to be a receiver. Now he's a tight end. Touchdown heavy, doesn't matter. Boom. Robert Tunyon comes out of the woodworks in a usually not a tight end dominant offense, but he had 11 touchdowns, right? That's not sustainable, obviously, but we'll see what happens. We saw Delaney Walker be very good in Tennessee for years. Johnu just can't stay healthy. If he stayed healthy, he's a freak of nature athletically. So my concern with your take there is, and I like the idea of it. I think it's quite creative, actually. Darno Parnum uh, is just, you know, he's there. He did okay in the game that Hunter Henry left last year. Also, also Anthony Ferkser is there in Tennessee as well, who also had a couple good games when uh, Johnu was gone. So, again, unless, like, these aren't Travis Kelsey's, these aren't George Kittle's, um, so it's kind of next man up at the tight end position for some of these teams. Whereas I do think like a Jacksonville with a rookie quarterback, you know, uh, the bears could upgrade with, I know they have, um, Cole commit, but Jimmy Graham retired, um, Seattle needs a tight end. You know, I mean, how about Johnu Smith as a move tight end in Seattle's offense with Russell Wilson? I mean, that, that to me is, is a great move that I don't think anybody's, necessarily considering so i agree with you these guys got to land somewhere and they're great players individually so i i certainly would go look for them in in fantasy because look we know that nobody's gonna be travis kelsey and and george kittle and you know waller and and uh mark andrews year after year but if you could get you know what zach Ertz was for three or four years Mm -hmm. which is third or fourth tight end you still have a tremendous upside advantage so Go try to get one of these free agent tight ends for free right now and don't overspend, of course. But I do think that athletically, uh, wherever they land, if they get used, they'll be just fine. I agree. Any final thoughts on free agency? Uh, Of course, we are a fantasy program. We're not going to get into defensive moves, although there was quite a few. And, of course, more of those will land. So maybe – you know, we got we got to throw we got to throw some shout outs to the DST folks out there. So uh, maybe we'll cover a couple of the big defensive splashes once they land for DST purposes. But we'll hold off on that for now. Um, any final thoughts on any particular you know franchise tag, uh, free agent to be um, any biggest surprise or whatever? Again, 
uh, Dwayne and Bobby on the channel are doing uh, AFC coaches breakdowns for the next two episodes. Lucas and I just wanted to give you, I mean, this is supposed to be a quick hitter, quote unquote, and here we are an hour into it because there's a lot to cover right away to reflect, but we haven't really dove into numbers or anything else or landing spots and predictions. And we haven't done all that yet as we're getting basically breaking news just a couple hours ago. So tune in next week as Lucas and I actually do make our predictions. We had a question in our comments, where does Aaron Jones land? We have a lot of these questions between the two of us that we will get into. So Lucas, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, nah, I mean, not, not really. I think it'll be um, a very, very interesting uh, offseason, which we will touch on without the combine and stuff without. Um, yeah, I mean, without, I think I think the combine really sets a tone, which that's a whole other fucking conversation about why the theory changes around these prospects um, and, and free agency signings, why the cap space is irrelevant. Um, but I, I guess quite, I mean, we could make it quick. What is the one move that you want, like your team, so like the Niners and the Broncos to make? Um, so, so people know for next week, because I don't know. I mean, they starts next Tuesday, but an episode might not get out till like Wednesday, I guess. So, like, what is the one move you would want for your team? Um, offensively speaking, only uh, because of fantasy, it's for me. It's got to be. Um, a true number one, and I think for non-49er fans, it might seem surprising with Debo and Ayuk and George Kittle, whatever. Uh, by true number one, I mean a guy that is going to run a 15-yard post routinely and, and pick up a first down and blah, 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 because we have every other position on the field covered. So a true number one, a Kenny, a Kenny Galladay, a, a, a Will Fuller, um, even a Corey Davis, somebody that could stretch the field. I would like that. Uh, Marvin Jones, even for veteran leadership would be nice. And obviously we need to do a quarterback swap. You all know how I feel about James. Um, I'm really into Zach Wilson, but Lu- Lucas is right. Or Zach Wilson. Um, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson. I... <laughs> Lucas is right, though. He's not going to fall. Okay, so maybe Trey Lance. I like that move a lot, too. I'm not huge on Mac Jones, but after talking to Ryan Lee for the last two weeks, I am getting more and more confident on his just professional football ability. Um, You need a big Ben here and there amongst all the flashy guys, and uh, Mac Jones could be that guy. So no matter what, the uh, the Niners need to do something. Honestly, I brought this up a couple weeks ago with Bobby. I would love for the Niners to make a play at uh, Sam Darnold. I really would. Um, he's still very young. He's very coachable. He needs to get the f- heck out of the Jets. And I think that uh, Kyle Shanahan over the next two to five years could really mold Sam Darnold and bring out that potential. And I think we have everything else around him. And he can throw it deep. He can he can scramble a little bit. Good head on his shoulders. Good clubhouse guy. I kind of like Sam Darnold there. Uh, Lucas, how about you at the Broncos? I mean, in a nutshell, I guess I want Trey Lance. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, pick nine. Um, I think – I don't know. I, I don't – from a de- – I, I think defense is the move, hypothetically, but I don't have, like, any specific name. I, I don't want to say we don't need anything on offense. We just need a quarterback, but it's kind of true um, in that sense. So we'll see kind of what they do. Um, I mean, they can just trade for Deshaun Watson and make me the happiest fan ever. Um, then I'll actually buy a Broncos quarterback jersey because we all know how that went, Brock Osweiler and Manning. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think the Jimmy G one, I think he's going to the Patriots. Uh, like it's an actual take. I don't think that's just like a hot take. That's what I told my buddy this morning. They're kind of doing the whole uh, 
um, taking advantage of trades they already made in a sense. They traded away Trent Brown for like a fifth, and they just got him back for like a seventh. Bill, um, two year rental, I guess, for the Raiders. I don't, I don't know. They're going to trade away Jimmy G. They're going to get him back. I mean, I bet the Jimmy G one's different because I think that helps both sides. Whereas mm-hmm. the Trent Brown one, like John Gruden, just pulling his puppet strings and making uh, seven and nine, six and ten moves per usual. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I think the Jimmy getting rid of Jimmy G. For what a second you think is that a fair trade for him? I don't. I don't even know. Like what? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not making the decisions. Um, and Ryan and I have have kind of argued about this because he he still sees the potential. I just the the whole like pro the only pro Jimmy argument, like the literally the only thing pro Jimmy people can throw out there is that we're an overthrow away from winning the Super Bowl. That's 100 percent true. Well, yeah. if, if your boy Emani Sanders is a little bit faster, or Jimmy doesn't yeah. overthrow him, Patrick Mahomes doesn't make a, cor- a half a billion dollars. The Niners win the Super Bowl. Totally different conversation. The reality is, he's not going to win a game on his own. He's not. He's injury prone at this point of his career. He's been hurt multiple seasons with multiple injuries. He's not going to win a game on his own. He's a game manager, and that's fine. We had Alex Smith for twelve years. We've already done that. Um, we need somebody with some flair. Just being handsome doesn't get it done for me. You need to be handsome and exciting, and Jimmy's only one, and that's not good enough for me. Yeah, I mean, I think to a certain point, like, you can only be so much of a game manager before your team is ready for that next step. I think that's kind of where the Broncos are at, too, uh, where you got to kind of find that next something. I don't know what that is. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can get carried. The, 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 the take is the Super Bowl take, but, I mean, Brady got carried to five of the six rings anyways, too. So it's kind of the same concept going forward. Wins your wins. Look, and, again, if, if, the, if the Niners won that game, then I probably wouldn't be as bitter. But it just – I mean, I watch them every single Sunday, and I'm not excited. That's all. That's all. I want sure. a rookie. I want a rookie to at least give us, a, you know, kind of that new heartbeat. Or um, Sam Donald really is my guy. I think he makes the most Good. sense. He'd be the cheapest. Um, he's still young. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, 20, 23, 24? Yeah, he's been in the league like four years, and he's younger than Joe Burrow. So Yeah, but he but he sucks because he played on a bad team. He sucks because Adam Gase sucks. That's, that's yeah. the idea. All right, man, let's get out of here. That is the free agent uh, and franchise tag talk. Um, it was supposed to be a quick recap. Obviously, we turned it into a full episode. Not a problem there. There's a lot to talk about. We will be back with you next week. Make sure you tune in the rest of this week and subscribe right here on the channel to the Candlestick Kids. Leave us a rating, a review, and give us any questions below. And also follow us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod and Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK. You can find Lucas as well, Lucas Kaser2 on Twitter. Catch Bobby and Dweez for the next two episodes, breaking down the AFC divisional coaching changes. A lot of coaching changes went down in the AFC the last two weeks before this. They had uh, put it down in the NFC. So if you're looking to catch up on some fantasy content with the coaching changes, which we would argue on this podcast that coaching changes is maybe the most important piece of the entire offseason. That includes free agency. That includes the NFL draft. Coaching changes matter so much more than we give it credit in the fantasy industry. So Dweez and Bobby are hard at work bringing you that over the last four episodes. All right, Lucas, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining in. TCK Potters, appreciate you. Make sure to uh, give us a like and a follow and a subscribe wherever you can. And we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. For my man, Lucas Kaser, I'm your boy, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.